friends, thanks again for listening to Friendship State of Mind. We hope that wherever you are listening to us this week, that you are safe mentally, emotionally, and physically. We hope that wherever you go out to this week, whether that's work, friends, or with people you may not know, that you are masked up, socially distancing, and making sure you're taking care of yourself as well as others by keeping yourself safe and others protected with these measures. Thanks again for listening to us, and we'll see y'all back at the podcast. with Friendship State of Mind. I am your host and today we are shaking things up a little bit. I am here with my friend Haley. Hey girl, how you doing? Hello. Hello. I'm okay. You're okay. We're (laughs) making it. Yeah, so today... Surviving and thriving. Surviving and thriving, the best we know how and that's very loosely um, used, at least for me. I don't know about you. Yes, very loosely. Um... So Haley is here, and fun fact, this is not Haley's real name. Um, If you've read the title of this episode in the description, which you probably have, we're discussing today about um, teachers in the U.S. during the pandemic, specifically in Texas, as this is a Texas-related podcast. And unfortunately, we live in a society where if we say things, even though we have that freedom to, it could come back on us. Um just because districts and TEA and whoever else I'm putting myself out there because I can't hide who I am at this point with this show specifically, but I was not going to do that to colleagues and friends. So this is Haley and that's all we're going to know about our friend here. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) that's all we're going to know. So, um, for all the Haley's out there and for all of the people in the districts listening, all of the Haley's are technically safe because this is not a Haley. So, you know, um, but yeah. So anyway, how are you doing with, well, before we even go to that, let's talk about how you and I know one another. So we were both at SFA, Stephen F. Austin, um, in Nacogdoches, yes. Axe And we met actually in music school. Um, but you were not a vocalist. Yes. Thank God. Um, <laughs> nothing wrong with all of my vocal friends, but it's nice to get away from some of the people in your specific instrument, I guess you could say. Yes. Sometimes. Um, and what did you play? Um, I was a flutist, flautist, however you want to say it. Yeah, which one is it, by the way? Flutist or flautist? I, I mean, technically it's flautist. Okay. Because, I, like I said, but, I don't know. I just, I choir. Yeah. I've never done band. I've never, ba- I've never banded in my life. Um, I've only choired, so I don't, I don't always know. Oh, well, I tried to choir and it didn't work out. So. <laughs> I tried to choir. Yeah, no. Um, but we went and we met in music school. I can't talk today, guys. I already had to redo the intro once. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, we met in music school. Um, you were one of the people that I could talk to because sometimes the instrumentalists and vocalists don't always like just chat. Um, and right. luckily we could and still do. Um, and then you ended up taking a different route after, um, like with your content on what you wanted mm-hmm. to do. So what do you do now, Haley? 
I actually teach third and fourth grade reading and writing and social studies. That's so important. I have to say I teach writing and social studies, but technically I just teach reading. Oh, okay. Okay. No, that's fair. I mean, that's reading in itself at that age is so important. So crucial. Yeah. So the fact that you have the patience and abilities to do that, I commend you because I, I, so she teaches elementary, like what she said, she teaches, you said third and fourth. Yes. Third and fourth, um, in her district. And then I teach six, seven, eight choir. So you're about to get a lot on this spectrum of not only secondary, but elementary as well. Um, so, you know, why would you say, Haley, like what we're about to talk about, why is this important to talk about what we're dealing with? I, I just remember back whenever like this whole thing first started and how we were, we were like superheroes. We were amazing. We were just, we were respected and mm-hmm. you know, this, we were doing the best that we could. And now all of a sudden things are kind of back to normal. Like we're getting there. We're not nearly close, but it's better than it was back in March when this first happened. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, we're not doing enough for the kids. We're not like, we don't care about the kids. We just, you know, we're right. being teachers have the same expectations as if the pandemic never even happened. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's just all very frustrating. Just, because like parents can say anything they want on social media and everything like that and we're being told you can't say anything because you just gotta sit there and take it and it's like well there's only so much i can take from parents from the community from admin from other coworkers, and the students and there's only so much one person can take because all in all at the end of the day you're a human being and i'm a human being Mm -hmm. and we all have opinions and emotions and I get my feelings hurt. I'm just going to say, I get my feelings hurt. Oh, especially I'm when a I know sensitive I'm person. Yeah. I'm very sensitive. And especially when I work very hard, I don't do things just halfway. I do everything all in and I do the very best that I can with the resources that I have. Mm-hmm. And so it's really frustrating being told you're not doing enough. Right. Whenever I don't feel as supported as I did back in March. When I, I'm being honest, I wasn't doing that much in March mm-hmm. because I was at home. I wasn't focused. I was just like, well, hey, nobody knew what to do. I honestly didn't know the sincerity. Well, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have any. We got cut out of our school. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even get any resources. A coworker of mine had to sneak on campus oh my with, you know, administrative approval. But again, like, she had to sneak on campus and grab as much as she could so she could share with my, me and my other coworker. Because none of us could go on campus. That's bizarre. Well, how am I supposed to read kids' books and all of my books right. over in my classroom? Right. And so... Like, the biggest thing we want y'all to take away from today, as she's stating, is, like, we know no one's saying it's easy for what we do, but, man, no one's saying how hard it is. And that's that's the biggest thing. And we're not not asking – I don't think any teacher signs up to go win the Nobel Peace Prize or to really get any recognition. It's a matter of respecting the profession. People don't recognize that this is a profession. And all of these – Like even I had a relative um, months ago when they were deciding what the schools were going to do. He posted something that was like, if um, if the kids have to stay at home, then we should get our tax dollars back. And I was like, you're not you don't do what we do. You don't have the degree in what we do. You don't 
pull the resources like what you're talking like and that's not your fault like nobody's saying that you have to do that we're signing up to do that but don't don't say that we don't deserve to be paid for the hard work i don't know we'll get into all of that we'll get into all of that (laughs) you know so yeah so when we come back we're gonna really dive into this and i encourage you no matter how you feel about this to hang tight with us you don't have to agree with anything we talk about that in every episode you this is this is what me and my friends and my community and village think about things you don't have to agree with it but this is what we're going through so stick with us hear from a couple of our commercials and we'll be right back hey friends thanks again for listening to friendship state of mind podcast this episode is specifically dedicated for all of our educators paraprofessionals professors admin and others taking care of our students and children and those communities during this time please know that you have continued support here at our podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back at the episode. All right, we're back and we're ready to get at it. Like this is is about to get very real, right, Haley? Yes. It's about to get very <laughs> unfiltered. real. <laughs> unfiltered. Um, what what your teachers are going through. So again, like we said in the earlier one, Haley teaches third and fourth grade um, reading specifically. She does also teach writing and social studies, but reading is the meat of that. I teach six, seven, eight choir. Um, so that's what you're, you're going to be getting both of those spectrums. So we talked a little bit about this in the intro, but how did your district first handle the pandemic versus what they're doing now? Um, so well, back in March, we were, we were on spring break. I know everyone's just so different. We were on mm-hmm. spring break and like, our surrounding areas had already extended school. They were like, we're not coming back. You know, this is actually a bigger deal than we originally thought. Like, we're just mm-hmm. going to, we're just going to extend spring break another week. Okay. Um, at the time we had a superintendent and I actually, I, I didn't always agree with him, but I actually really liked him. I'll mm-hmm. start by saying, I really, I really like my district. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually love the people that I work for and work with. It's just, you know, education as a whole is just kind of getting a little too much for me so Mm -hmm. nothing negative about my district but how they handled it was I just I was frustrated because it was literally like Saturday night at like 10 Mm o'clock and that's when we were told we're not going back we're going to extend spring break for a week oh wow and it's like I've already mentally prepared to go back on Monday like I kind of wish I had a little bit more heads up right right and, like, I could have, I don't know, I could have done something else. Us teachers are all planners and everything. So right. I was just, like, I don't like my plan being messed up. But 10 o'clock on a Saturday, I kind of wish everyone had around us by Friday morning. They were like, we're not going back to work on Monday. Right, like a full consensus, so, completely. Exactly. So it's like, okay, well, this, all the other districts around us are not going back to school. So why are, why are we sitting ducks? Why are we waiting? Right. And so then it was like, 
because it's Friday night. They're like, we know that everyone's going back to school, but we're or not going back to school, but we are. So you will report to work Monday. Oh, that's okay. So okay. And then um, we changed our mind on Saturday. It's like, don't tell me anything that's what you officially decided. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. I don't like back and forth stuff. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what my district has done. Has done. Cause we originally started online in August. Mm-hmm. We did that for four weeks. Okay. Then we did hybrid in person for two weeks. Oh God, hybrid! And then we started face to face everybody the second six. Wait, weeks. so y'all fully went back? Yeah, we've been fully back since like uh, I want to say the end of September. Whoa, okay, I didn't know that. So, for those of you who don't know, hybrid is where you are teaching online and face to face at the same time. So actually, not for my district. No? What'd they do for yours? Hybrid was... So, A through G came on Monday, Wednesday, and then the rest of the alphabet came Tuesday, Thursday. What? Everybody was online on Friday. Stop. Oh, my God. I, I'm not kidding. That's, that was my life. That... Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. So, for some retrospect, what we did was we were online for the first nine weeks completely and then Mm -hmm. you had to this was bizarre you had to apply for an accommodation if you had some sort of not illness but uh and not even disability but if if you were just at higher risk so like I have asthma so Mm -hmm. I had already prepared for this day I went to my um asthma doctor allergist he does both um I went to him back in July and I said, we need to go ahead and test where I'm at. Um, we need to check my allergy levels. Let's run an allergy test. Um, those are very painful, but very worth it to know where you're at. And I said, because I need to know if I'm safe to go back in a classroom with all of my stuff. We run everything. He says, you don't need to be around. Like, you need to really stay at home. Um, even just like, even if you teach online, you really need to stay at home. Because I tested in the hair flip 100,000th percentile in pollen and ragweed and grass and texas is just filled with all of that um oh yeah and then on top of that when you take a pulmonary test for asthma um if you test over 100 or you know 100 above you don't have asthma the highest i have ever tested in my life was 92 um and so i typically sit anywhere in between 60 to 70 and that's how much air i can take in it's not my oxygen meter but it's it's not, he's like, it's not bad, but it's not very good. And so I tested this time and I tested 78 and he's like, while this is an improvement based on your other averages, I can't like, I, this is the best number I can average you. And he gave me a number, all this stuff. So when, (laughs) when it came time for people to start going back and people to apply for accommodations to stay home, I had to apply And I gave them my asthma note from my doctor. He said he had been taking care of me since 1998, all this stuff. And they said, you, this note is not like it's, it's too back in time, basically. And I was like, my asthma hasn't changed since July. What are you talking about? They're like, we need an updated note. And so they would not take the note from July. (laughs) And so, right. It's not like it was four years ago. Like it was, I, I was trying to be ahead of the curve. And so I had to ask him to resend it and redo the date. And so he had to do all of that. 
Um, and then he sent me a copy of my test in case they wanted a health person in the district to look at what I had. Um, luckily, they didn't ask for that. Um, and I got my accommodation. My co-teacher, on the other hand, because in fine arts, a lot of us co-teach together, as you know, and mm-hmm. uh, she had to go back. So what they did was they, in, in my district, everybody who went face-to-face has only face-to-face people. And then they have specifically online people. So I teach all online kids all the time. And I even teach some kids from different schools that aren't even like technically quote unquote my students because they're running out of teachers to stay online because they're asking as many people to come back in as they can. Right. So that's how we're doing it. And then my mom's school, they went all back face to face the second six weeks, like what you're talking about. But the fact that they switched every other day, how are you supposed to track if kids are like doing okay? I mean, you're not. I mean, literally the first six weeks of my with my students was a complete waste. I literally had to start over as soon as they came back because it wasn't productive. It's mm-hmm. just to say that they're in school. Right. Quote, unquote, in school. I mean, it, it wasn't affecting at all. Like, I read, I read, I referenced books. I had done virtual teaching, and the kids looked at me like, uh, we've never read this before. I'm like, <gasps> oh, uh, God. yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. I, I shouldn't laugh at that. But that happened. But it, with, it's laughable. Right. Because they didn't do anything. Like, that just shows you that they didn't do anything at home. I was telling Haley before we got on this call, um, they were asking us, what are some incentives to get kids to come to school? So if you're in the state of Texas, you need to be meeting 97.5% of attendance for all students every day and we're at anywhere we fall in between 91 to 94 every day and i'm thinking personally okay that's pretty good considering some people are quarantined some people are sick some people are this or that or the other and we got chewed out about it um they were just like this is not good enough this is bad um kind of like the enough thing you were talking about earlier and uh (laughs) they they started talking about incentives so tell me um, what you what you were saying earlier about incentives for coming to class? Um, I I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think I don't I shouldn't have to reward a student for coming to school every single day. I don't get a gene pass every single day for coming to work. Like, hey, Haley, thanks for coming to work. Like you're supposed to. Here's a gene pass. Right. No, I'm expected to show up by seven thirty every day and have a smiling face under my mask and. Mm-hmm. Be ready to work. I, I mean, I, that's, right. that's what I get frustrated about with this incentive stuff at school. Like, I do not believe in it mm-hmm. for every child. Now, right. ones that have other issues, like, of course, I will do the incentive plan. However, I just, kids need to learn that you just need to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Right. right. That doesn't, that's not going to help you in the long run. Mm-mm. You it's- know, I had a parent get, I had a parent get mad at me because her child had, was messing up our Chromebook. Mm-hmm. And I told that child, I said, if you break it, you're going to have to pay for it. Naturally. Not like threatening her, but like you're, you're lit, like someone's literally going to have to pay money, you know, the green stuff right. to replace it. Because mm-hmm. if you or I messed up school property, we, it would be taken out of our paycheck. So but she got mad at me because I gave her a real life lesson. I'm like, ma'am. She would literally have, like, someone, you or her dad, somebody would have to pay for it because... It's under your care. She messed it up. Right. Like, it, 
Right. No, like, and I don't, I remember one time, it was my first year of teaching, a kid very sweetly, and he was a great kid, um, Mateo Armstrong, if you're out there, hello, I miss you, um, but he asked me, because we were going to do a Soulfedge tournament, for those of you who don't know what Soulfedge is, it's the Do-Re-Mi thing you see on Sound of Music, um, and it is actually applicable to music, but that's a different story, but we were going to hold a tournament on it, and um, he asked, because I was saying what the third and second place and first place winners get, and he said, random question, and I was like, yeah, what's up, man, and he said, do, you, do we get anything since we actively participated in it? <laughs> And he, he, he did not mean it offensively whatsoever. And I said, okay, I really want to answer this question. Before I do, you know that I love you and you know that I am not looking at embarrassing you by answering this question. He said, okay. Like he was really fine with it. And I explained the same thing that you just said. I said, like, I'm expected to teach you guys this stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't get a reward for teaching you those things. That's just what I'm supposed to do. You're supposed to participate in this tournament, right? Yeah. Well, then that's what you get is you participate in this tournament. That's all it is. That, that's, just, that's just what it is. And this tournament, for those of you wondering, it was a class-held tournament. It's not like they actually went anywhere. I held it in my class and dressed up as a referee so nobody lose their mind over it. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just dumb. Like, okay, so what is the most outrageous thing your district or TEA has asked of you, you think? Like, that you can rack, because they, they've asked us a lot of outrageous things, but what is one of the most outrageous things that your district or higher-ups or somebody has asked of you during this time? Um, I mean, honestly, I, I think, if I understood what my administrator was telling me, I think it's absolutely absurd whenever I've been teaching all year how to do, take the star test on paper, mm. but now they want it all on the computer. Oh, like, really? How, how are my children who've been, like, I give them a strategy that requires a lot of writing, like, just all, like, a lot of note taking and stuff like that, a lot of going back into the story and everything. And that's what they're used to, especially my fourth graders, because I this is my second year to have them because I also had them in third grade. Right. Like, how are they just supposed to randomly, like, just say, oh, I can do this on the computer and be just as successful? Because, like, my fourth graders, I've we've worked really hard as, as a team, mm-hmm. <laughs> me and my kiddos. Yeah. And they are amazing. Like, they... Sure. Like I'm, I'm never, I'm never worried about that because they work really, really hard. But it's because it's on pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. So why do I all of a sudden have to make these children who've worked two years in a row on pencil and paper to now take it on the computer? It's a very different mindset. It doesn't seem like a big shift for those listening, but it's a very different mindset. Well, my my kids that are supposed to master, there's three levels: approaches, needs, and masters in the star test. And approaches is like. Yeah, you understand the material mostly, so you can go into the next grade. Or a, a meets is like you are solid in like the fourth grade material, mm-hmm. uh, but your fifth grade may be a little hard. And then master's kids are like they've got fourth grade; they can definitely do fifth grade material. That mm-hmm. that's kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. And my master's kids online, when we were doing online the first few, four weeks, were failing assignments because they were click 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 submit. Right. 
That's right. what they see when they do the computer. They hate the computer. This mm-hmm. generation does not want a tablet or a screen or anything. That They do not want that. They want human interaction. They want human attention. Mm-hmm. They need, especially at this age, they need to touch. I mean, they need to touch things. Right. Kinesthetic is very Even important. Even in a pandemic, they need to touch things. Right. <laughs> right. Even if it's just like sensory, like blankets or carpet or... I don't know, like gel spiky things or slime. Like they just do very well kinesthetically. They do very well kinesthetically. And, you know, for six, seven, eight, they don't necessarily have to do kinesthetic to like, you know, just because of development and older and things like that. But I mean, I think about how like some of these people are about to go to UIL that want to go to UIL. Um, which is like this assessment for us. It's like our star test, um, like what Haley is talking about and how they have to stand like so many feet apart from each other with these masks on when your, your ears have to do a lot of listening to blend and all of this other stuff. And you have to be so close to one another to do that. I mean, even though you're not physically touching, like that's still physical interaction and they need that and they're craving it and they can't even do that for those who are choosing to still go to UIL. Like, how are they supposed to be successful? But... Right, and that's the thing is that, that's what I don't think people understand is that we don't do this stuff because we want to see the kids fail. Yes. I know if my kids take on... I I know when my my kids take on the computer, they're going to fail. That's why I don't want to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. It, t- it, it takes it takes me from August until May to build their confidence and their their just they know that they're awesome and they're amazing and that they got it. They, I spend all that time building them up, and I don't want that one stupid day to break what I've already built. And it has nothing to do with like their test score or anything like that. You know, I mm-hmm. just I want to see my kids succeed, and if my kid doesn't succeed, I'm going to complain about it <laughs> because right. that's not what I set them up for. Right. And that, that's a great point that like that. I didn't sign up for this when people are like, you signed up to teach children. There's a lot of things that include this pandemic that we did not sign up for. That was never in our job description. There were things before this pandemic that were not in our job description. Like I remember last year I was crying in my office like a winner and I, uh, my, my co-teacher found me and she was like, why are you crying? I was like, I just don't love these kids as much as I did last year's group and all this stuff. And she said, you do know it's not in your do- in your job description to love children. And I was like, oh, like, but, but we're told like, if you don't love them to, 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 to this capacity where you would literally die for them. And I, most of us would anyway, like that's just kind of unspoken. But if you don't feel mm-hmm. that way about every child all the time, constantly, then you're not doing your job well. And so then when you have that on top of this COVID thing, it's like, well, then I'm never going to be successful. And so that's why you're having teachers walk out at a higher rate than ever and retiring as quickly as they do. Like, I don't know about you, but we had like, I know our attendance person retired in January. So like this month, um, And then we had like four other teachers walk out and that's just my school. I don't know about you. Right. Um, uh, no, the, my district, they, they make it impossible for you to leave at all. Oh, even if you like, 
they make it impossible. Like they will put sanctions on your certificate and just they if you leave without a probable cause. Like mm-hmm. my my mom worked for this district and she had a coworker, like her husband literally got transferred to San Antonio. Like they had to buy a home. He had like like his business, his his company mm-hmm. made him move. Right. And that my district would not let her out of her contract. Ooh, they so she can't. literally for a whole semester she would stay in town and then go to San Antonio every weekend oh for God. a whole semester. And like, why would you do that? They're not even actually supposed to do that because it's supposed to be within a 90-mile radius because I've checked on that well, once. Don't ask me why, but I have. Um, yeah. That'll be off record between us later. But it's supposed to be – and San Antonio from where you're at is definitely further than 90 miles. Like, yeah, it's five and a half hours. Right. So <laughs> why – like – and that's another thing. A lot of people don't realize how many illegal things happen within the school system. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that here in a second. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back. But stay tuned, because I think you'll want to hear about that. All right, take two of another round of teacher realness, whether you want it or not. If you're still here, welcome back. Thank you. We appreciate you so much. So um, the illegal things that go on in school districts, that could be a whole nother episode, quite honestly. But, you know, there's basic things like uh, not putting people or kids in danger and, uh, with them having everyone back puts everybody in danger. And so I don't know about you. For me, I was like, nobody needs to go back as much as this sucks. Cancel star, cancel UIL, cancel everything. We'll try to do our best online, but we like, this is literally a means of survival. No exaggeration, a means of survival and keeping them safe and healthy. And when they told everyone they were going back, I was like, you literally don't care if teachers or children die. And in my... I... Go ahead. Sorry. I, I have mm-hmm. a slightly different view on it. Just... And this is why. No, you First go all, for it. I don't have... I don't have any underlying health conditions. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't. I'm, I'm a very healthy woman. Yes. And I'm trying to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I don't have your your health issues. You do not need to be in school at all. <laughs> Thank you. You don't need to be in school. Please stay home. <laughs> um, for me, like I, I, I will put myself out there, and I will, I will go ahead and you know, put myself out there only because the district that I am in, and the children, and the community that I am in, I don't know how much abuse, neglect, was entailed because I have a lot of. Because of COVID, I have a lot more court orders mm. for certain children. Yeah, yeah. I have more like trigger things that I have to be aware of. I have to mm-hmm. watch like at least seven of my kids for suicide warnings. Yes, and all because of the of them being at home with people they shouldn't be at home with. Right. So for me, for me, for me, I'm gonna <laughs> keep saying that for me. <laughs> You're fine. Come at 
me, for me, <laughs> mm-hmm. I felt like I was keeping children safe at school, at, at the building. Yeah. I was not, not from an illness that is very serious. Right. But I was keeping them safe from abuse, not having food, not, you know, just those different kinds of things. Cause that's what my kids go through. Oh, same. And they're nine. Right. So like for me, for my, for my personal experience, someone who does not have any underlying health conditions, someone who can be at school, I would rather be the one at school taking care of those babies and making sure they get an education rather than them be at home and be in a very, very, very dangerous situation. Right. And so, we have a lot of kids. That's my take on it. No, like, and I understand that that makes a lot of sense because we, we have a lot of kids in foster care system and, mm-hmm. um, foster care is kind of hit or miss. You either end up with someone really, really great or typically doesn't care. It's one or the other. Um, and honestly, teachers, based on our job description alone, when you look at a job description, should not know as much about CPS and the foster care system as we do. But we have to because our kids are put in dangerous situations like what Haley has talked about. So, like, I've had kids tell me that they don't feel loved because when they get to a new foster home, they tell the kid that a kid told me this last year. They said, Food is in the fridge if you want to make yourself a sandwich or there's soup cans. Um, please don't bother me. I'm doing other things right now. Um, thank you for coming. And um, I appreciate you helping me with my tax write-off. That's terrible. An eighth grader told me that last year, and I, like, lost it for him. I felt awful. Um, but, you know, it's so, like... When they do ask things of us, I don't think people remember when this first hit, people were like, oh my gosh, schools are still delivering meals? I didn't even know they delivered meals. It's like, that's been happening. Where have you been? You know? Like, we've been doing that. We've been giving kids reduced free lunch, reduced free breakfast. I was at a school one year, um, because I've been in a couple different districts, but I was in a school one year where they got automatically free breakfast and free lunch. Because that the the socioeconomic covered that because it was in such a bad place um Mm -hmm. and so I do understand that that is a good point to make because there are teachers who feel like that I have a former teammate she teaches first or second grade no she teaches third grade um in a completely different district and she is very much like yes I will go back in yes I will be there because I can, and there are kids of mine that I'm worried about their physical safety. So that does bring out a good point, because there are many people who feel like that. I I think Mm -hmm. if I were healthier, I would probably be closer to that. But because I'm not, I'm like, everyone stay where they're at. Um, You know, panics. So um, do you have any behavior issues specifically brought on by COVID? Like, are the kids keeping their masks on? Do they distance well? Like, are they listening well? You know. Things like my, that. My, my babies are so good with their masks. Like, I thought with them being eight and nine years old, I thought I would have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. That's not what I have to do. I have to handle, like, I have to bring them back down to earth. Like, hey, the, you don't talk to me in my classroom like that. Right. Uh, the, the tone of voice, because how they get to talk at home versus how they get to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because mama, school mama raised them better than that, and they know it. <laughs> right. And so when Go I off. give them my little look, like, 
do you want to, I say, do you want to try again? <laughs> they know, they know what I'm talking about. Right. And that's, and then also whenever they first came back, they were real lazy. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, they're real, they were real lazy because literally the, the parents did the, all their work in March, all, March through May. I mean, mm-hmm. the parents did it because they just they didn't know what to do. They were freaking out. Right. We were freaking out. And, like, we we were just trying to get to May. We were, that's really what we really, were trying to do. Truly. And so, but at the very beginning, when we all kind of knew, it kind of gave, I kind of didn't care. Like, your kid knows how to log on. Your kid knows how to do this. Your kid knows how to do that by now. Because, one, I've shown them. Two, I made videos. Right. Two videos that took me hours to make that you should have watched. I have texted, emailed, mm-hmm. everything. Like, you should, all you had to do was watch it. I would put it on YouTube so that you could watch it. Right. So just watch it. Please. Type thing. That's all you have to do. Please. Click play. Click play. I, I made an effort to do all of those things for you. And so I would get with that a lot. Like, I have, I have one fourth grader who he literally for weeks could, he like, I can't do this. Mm hmm. I'm like, what do you mean you can't do this? <laughs> We've done this a million times by now. What do you mean you can't do this? Right. Well, can you do it for me? And I go, no. Why is that even a question? And he's like flabbergasted because I t- said no. I said, I have 16 other people in here. Like, you are not my priority right now. Right. Sorry. Like, you need to figure it out. Ask a friend. Mm-hmm. Watch the video I made. I don't know what to tell you. Like, the fact that he said, and can like, you do was- this for me? That is. Oh yes. God. Because I saw his older sister do it when we were virtual. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've when mom calls me and tells me, you know, he's just so lazy. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I had, like, one day he sat there for 45 minutes trying to log on to his Chromebook. And for those like, wondering, again, like Haley said, we show them how to do this. The IT department slash us teaches them how to do this. She made videos. I made videos. All of us made videos on how to log in step-by-step step, showing the screen, describing things, the exact words they should be looking for on the screen or buttons or colors or whatever. That that happened. Let me be clear. You know? So I even sent other teachers' videos because apparently mine wasn't good enough. So I sent some classes that did the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, okay. Okay. That wow, that's a new one. I I thought I had heard a lot during this, but you had some other okay. Wow, that was a new one. Um I tried. (laughs) You that's I think that's the basis of all of this, is that like why is it that when the kids try, we have to and this is the bane of my existent quote this year, give grace. Because they just tried. But when we just try, it's like, mm, it's not perfection. And as someone who is a perfectionist, very bad, like suffers from perfectionism, this is not a good place to be right now. No. Like it already wasn't to begin with because teaching is an abusive relationship and it's basically about how much you're willing to take if we're being completely honest. But it, this like escalated to a whole new level of... Oh, you try, 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 try. Still not good enough. Still not. Why is it not there? You know, like getting chewed out the other day for 94% attendance and saying that is so bad. I'm like, you, you have people in quarantine. What do you want them to do? You know, like some people have to take days off. I think this is the most outrageous thing (laughs) that I got told this year. 
we need you to stop taking off, like taking days off that are that we have paid in our bank, because right. there are no subs for you, and you don't recognize your value to your kids. Yeah. Again, you just gotta laugh because like, <laughs> what else are you gonna do? I, I mean, like, I have laughed. I have laughed so much because it's like that's absolutely that's absurd, isn't it? And I I will tell you something that really ticks me off with my district this year mm-hmm. is that last year, like I understand funds and all that stuff, but like it's my question now is where is all that money going? Yes. Because I don't get new stuff. Right. So where's my new stuff? If put that away. Right. So we had a perfect for teachers. If you had perfect attendance for a whole six weeks, you mm-hmm. got $500. What? So you bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> your girl was at work every single day. And I right. was at school every single day. Like I was trying to be at work every single day for anyways. Cause it's just, you know, so you know how it is getting right. stuff together. It's just way more work than ne- it necessary. Really is. Yes. But they took that away after the second six weeks. So your girls already taken off two days of work <laughs> and I'm going to take all five of my local <laughs> days because yes. I get that $500. Right. It's not there anymore. And we're doing what Talk we're expected. It. It's not like we're just not showing up to work in like we're, we've ran out of days. We're meeting more than the expectation. It's not like it's not the same thing as trying to get kids to come to work. We done been here, you know? Yeah. And I need a break. <laughs> yes. Because they keep saying, take care of yourselves. But then they throw all this <sighs> on us. Oh my God, my coworker, I freaking love her. Oh, I'm here. She has said this. She has made a point about that. She's like, why? Well, because T. Oh, that's another thing. T. A. I'm sorry. I just can't remember all these things. No, you're good. Is making reading teachers into a 200 hour training. Why? It is. It is a college class. Literally, I'm on Canvas. I feel like I'm back at school. It's a college class, basically. I have 12 modules, and it's supposed to take me a year to finish it. Why are they making y'all do it? Is it because the scores aren't high enough, quote-unquote? Or, like, why? Your guess is just as good as mine. I don't honestly know. And it's literally stuff that I learned at my alternative certification program. Is this stuff we learned in our education classes? I already know this stuff. Why, like, am I, why am I hired if I need all this training? <laughs> right, like, why even go to school if you, if you... That doesn't make... Why do we need... Okay. That... And I, why do I have to do it during a pandemic year? Right. I've got way more other problems than doing your stupid 12-module reading academy. So imagine doing a 200-hour course, guys, on top of going to school every day and meeting kids who are all the way as low as special education, all the way up to high-achieving learners... And meeting everybody's needs in between and taking this course on your so-called free time. Imagine if you got paid because that's overtime, like most jobs. Imagine if you got paid to do that. Imagine, yeah. <laughs> and no, I, I'm really good at, like, not working past – I only get paid from the hours of 7.30 to 4.30. Right. So I will be there from 7.30 – I will work from 7.30 to 4.30. Mm-hmm. You know, with my pathetic little 30-minute lunch, Okay. It's not even 30 will, minutes, technically. If, it's not even 30 minutes, mm-hmm. but, you know, for, for giggles, let's just say 30 minutes. Right. You know, I will, I will do that. I will do that. I will be there. Mm-hmm. But as soon as 4.30 hits, your girl's gone. Right. So I work through my conference time if I have time. Right. Like, because I'm not, I'm not going to waste 
hours on end on this course when I know I already do all this stuff. Right. Like, why do you need to know? If, if you want to know what I'm doing, come to my room. I will gladly shoot you. Oh, put on a show. Okay? <laughs> we'll put on a performance. I'll tell you. Like, I will be the green showman. Okay? Yeah. Part two. And give me what you want. Because that's what I do on a daily basis. You don't need to put it in a college class form. No. You just don't. No. And the fact that they aren't even giving y'all a reason, that's another thing with COVID. There's a lot of things they're asking us to do, and it's because parents are complaining, and they won't tell us that because they're embarrassed. And so they're just like, you have to do this thing. We can't tell you why, but now we're, now we're telling you you have to go do this thing. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, that won't bother me at all. Like, of course it'll bother me. So, okay, well, when we come back, we will finish it off with what we think needs to happen or solutions we have and how we need to just survive through this time educationally. So stick with us. One of the things I really miss the most right now in this time of uncertainty is music. Juan and I both have colleagues and friends that have lost the majority or all of their gigs and jobs in fine arts because we can't be in large groups of people to celebrate photography, concerts, opera, musicals, you name it, it's not there right now. And many of these artists are struggling more than ever. If you are a supporter or a fan of musicals, acting, movies, any sort of fine arts or performing to some capacity, we're going to leave links in our description so that way you can donate. Five cents, five dollars, anything you can give will be so helpful to any of these organizations. Thank you guys for checking it out. Thank you for supporting our friends and our loved ones during this tough time. And we'll see you back at the podcast. we're back i'm sweating because i'm so angry at this point just from the last portion we just had of all the stupid stuff we have to do um but i think it's good i think the stress is leaving my body so maybe this is like a sauna for stress we'll go with that there you go we'll go with that so okay if you could tell your districts or tea either one both anything right now if you just got the floor with them what would it be So I'm not even going to pretend to like, I'm not going to pretend to like try and solve all the world's problems. So I'm literally just going to be as simple as possible. Sure. I think it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. I just want to be told more than like once a year that I'm doing my good job. I'm doing my job and I'm doing it the best that I can. And that you acknowledge that. And it's not just, you're not saying that to cover your butt, you know, because we can tell. That's literally what I want. I don't think that's too much I, to ask for at all. I really don't. Like, mm-hmm. my school right now is doing a lot of, like, learning. they're calling it learning walks where, like, teachers are coming in and, like, watching what you're doing and how your atmosphere is and stuff like that. Which, again, like I said earlier, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I want you to do that. I want you to see that I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. But I also want you to tell me that I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was kind of what music school did for me is that I think we were just so told, like, you need to do this better and this better and this better and this better and this better. We were never really told 
wow, this one part is beautiful. Music school did really rob us of that. And it, for those listening who are musicians or music teachers or things like that, y'all know the standard that we put on ourselves because we try to reach perfection through music and no, no performance will ever be the exact thing that you ever wanted, ever. And we're trained to think that. So I can't imagine now as like a third and fourth grade teacher and how that carries over, like your mindset. That's got to be really. Oh, stressful. like I'm, I'm a wreck. Like we do, we do tests on different genres, and if they don't do like perfect on every single genre, I think I'm a failure. See, and that, and that's not true. It's just they need more help in that genre. Right, but they make you believe that because it's all based yeah. on success measures of right answers rather than progress. Exactly. You know? And that's kind of where I'm at with, like, my third graders. Like, my third graders miss, like, a big chunk of second grade, but they're expected to know third grade material. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm not, you know how, like, the Bible, they're like, meet, Jesus meets you where you are? Okay, right. well, I want to be Jesus with my third graders. I want to meet them where they're at. <laughs> right. But TA won't let me because they still have the star test, and they're still putting pressure on the star test, and they were mm-hmm. like, star, 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 star. But my babies can't read. I right. need to make sure they can read because they're not going to do well on your stupid test <laughs> if they don't know how to read. Right. And for those wondering what the STAR test is, we vaguely mentioned it before in other episodes. The STAR test is a state standardized test in the state of Texas that stands for something that spells out S-T-A-A-R. If you know what that is, you can tell me. I don't remember what it is. Girl, I don't know. I just know I got to teach it. Right. And it's it's changed. It used to be the toss test, then the tax test, and now the star test. And basically, if teachers do not um, have so many kids at meet, accomplish, and master, then their job could be on the line. And they're not checking if kids are actually progressing. They're just seeing on this one test what they know. And the kids feel nervous about it. The kids hate it. We hate it. The The good grades are not enough. So ultimately, ultimately, it comes down to them not trusting us. And it comes down to they make money off of doing this. That's what it comes down to. So imagine yeah. having that with a pandemic. That's why we want to get rid of it for just this year. And we've been begging legislatures and legislators and Governor Greggy. Again, y'all know why I don't call him Governor Abbott. It's Governor Greggy at this point. Um, so if you could make any changes to what you're doing right now, like if you had the chance to go in and say, okay, this is what we're going to start doing based on the circumstances we had. If you had that leverage, what is a change or two that you would make? Um, well, first off, my fourth graders not take the start test on the computer. Yes. That's that. That's right. Um, Mm -hmm. I would, so unpopular opinion I'm really mm-hmm. glad no one knows my real name because I feel like teachers would like come at me with pitchforks and knives. <laughs> okay. I don't mind the start test. No, okay. no, let me explain. Okay. I don't, I do think it holds the children accountable. It holds the teachers accountable for making sure that they're teaching the children the correct standards. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I can say that because I have taught my first year was not in a star level or star graded, um, grade level mm-hmm. I didn't have a star test my first year mm-hmm. and no one checked up on me no one made sure I was doing my job mm. so like if I felt like putting on a movie for two weeks I could do that right and no one would figure it out that I didn't do my job until they got into third grade mm. that's an so, interesting concept okay I've you know 
which that's why I think third and up is so behind is because not not my, my, my not not every teacher okay not everyone but right. not every lower grade teacher does the best they can to make sure that the kids are prepared by the time they do get to a star tested grade level mm-hmm. and so I don't mind it because we're held accountable through like our t tests and stuff like that to make sure we are doing our job and everything like that right and i feel like kids do need to be held accountable for making sure that they're taking they're taking charge of their learning and we need to like adapt to what that kid doesn't does know what they don't know mm-hmm. what they need help with what they need to just keep being strong in right so like i don't mind the star test i really don't mm-hmm. that's a very unpopular opinion but like we couldn't have our job unless we took a test you know that's true like you had to take your content you had to take your content test we had to take our pedagogy test Mm-hmm. to see if you knew how to quote unquote do those skills on a mm-hmm. piece of paper with a multiple choice exam so like i just kids are gonna have to take a test no matter what profession that they're in true i feel like true so I, it's like they, now, do, go they ahead. do need to take a test no i didn't mean to interrupt you i'm sorry um now that you mention it if we put it in those terms i don't think i would mind it as much i think what i mind is the pressure that it induces as far as and it's like, not grade level appropriate, right? It's not grade level appropriate whatsoever. I have seen my poor mother, like, have health issues over this test because she wants so mm-hmm. badly to make sure they're on point because she teaches fourth grade math, and she got right. and this is really unheard of by the way. She got ninety two percent. It was either a year or two ago. Ninety two percent at. Um, I don't know if it was masters or the one right below it, but 92% of them reached that. And that is like unheard of, especially in math. Not that reading's easy. I'm not downplaying that, but it was just like, and she still said, "Mm, we could get it higher. Now, part of that in her is the drive. The other part of that in her is we could have done better because they're telling me we could have done better. You know, and that's not fair to her. She busted her butt for those numbers, which are unheard of. And it's not because Texas kids are stupid. It's because, like you said, it's not grade level appropriate. And the reasons they're using this test, unfortunately, are not always the reasons that you're saying. You're right. They will, at some point in their life, of course, have to take a test. And there's nothing wrong with that to be like, do you understand the concepts of what you had to learn this year? If it was just that, I don't think near as many people would mind it's more, 1000%. It, it's more the fact that like the funding they put in it when they could be giving that back to teachers and it's crippling them from doing well on that test. And it's just a cycle, you know, and now that we well, have it's just the, the, du- the double agenda with this whole that it, that's attached to the star test. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So but, that yeah, like that, on. that's a good point. At some point, they are going to have to do that. I don't that may be unpopular, but it, it does serve a really good point. A very um logical point because they will at some point have to be asked do you meet the expectation you know um and some people would argue you know you could do that with grades and such and such and this and that it's just another layer to cover like you're saying but again the double agenda right and then for your final comments what would you ask (laughs) what would you ask of society right now with their views on teachers I mean, I don't, I don't know. With the stupid, with the stupid pandemic, like I would say, like volunteer out of school and go see what the teachers deal with on a daily basis. Mm, go off, yes. 
completely. Like, like seriously, I we had we have we had a substitute, um, a full time sub. She's still there. She was in the military for x many years. So thank you for your service, Miss Joe. We love mm-hmm. you. Yes, go Miss um, Joe. Yes, uh, Marine Corps. We love her, mm-hmm. and now she wants to be a teacher. And she just she went into it, and she was like, "This is nothing." like I thought it was going to be. She goes, the amount of things that y'all deal with on a daily basis, she goes, I'm exhausted. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's exhausting. And she was in the military. And it's like, but like you, she, and she said it, she's like, but the kids need people like us. I'm like, yeah, they do. (laughs) They don't, some of a lot of them don't have them at home. Right. And you know, and I tell, I tell my babies all the time. I'm like, from the moment you get here to the moment you leave, I am mama. You are my (laughs) responsibility. Right. I may have to make sure you are fed, you are taken care of, no one's hurting you, you're not hurt, you're not sick, you're not choking. Like, I have to make sure you are okay from the moment you get here to the moment that you leave. And even then, I got to make sure when you do leave that you get to the right spot. Right. So, like, that's honestly, like, God bless you, because I could not do, that's why I couldn't do elementary. Like, yes, I still have to make sure they get to the right spot and things, but there's more of a level of, like, self-help that they have. That I oh I, I applaud you like I could not do it I could not do well, it and that's why I'm in secondary. I panic. I panic whenever like a parent will come pick up and they're and I like we'll have already sent that kid outside because mm-hmm. we we changed our dismissal so like kids aren't intermingling and stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And like you know my teaching partner will call me and she's like hey we're so and so I'm like. I've already sent them out. What do you mean they're not outside? Like, I start panicking because they're sure. eight and nine years old. Like, why are they not right. in the car yet? Like, where could they have gone or where could, you know, where could someone have taken them? Like, that's a very scary thing. So, yeah, like, come sub out of school. <laughs> that's a great comment to say to people because so many people are trying to tell us how to do our jobs that are not even in the school systems. And it's not just parents. There are just people randomly online, like trolls and yeah. other people. And they're just like, well, I don't understand. Okay, well, if you don't understand, go look at it. Oh, but you don't care that much? Oh, okay, then shut up. Like, honestly. You know, not you, them. But. Right, yeah. You know. No, that's, I. That's a great I, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to get off social media this year, especially with the pandemic. Like, I got I got rid of my Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, right as the pandemic was starting. Because I started, like. I caught myself trying to insert myself into an argument over stupid people. And I'm like, I'm better than this. So I just deleted it. My whole account altogether. You like, are, I can't. You are a better person than I. I have gotten off of Facebook <laughs> a lot because there's so much freedom in Facebook, which is fine. But some of those things, I'm very much a justice person in general. I think you know that about me. And if <laughs> someone tries to take a jab at anything that like, not necessarily that I do, but that people that I love do and I feel like it's unfair, I will go off. And I won't be like, you know, profanity this, profanity that, but I'll be like, listen here and I'll list X, Y, Z of why they're in the wrong and get really personal about it really quick. It's not cute whatsoever. Yeah. I, I see, I wish I were more like you, but like, I, I'm way too sensitive for what they're going to say back. Oh, I didn't say I wasn't sensitive. I cry while, <laughs> while I type it. Don't you fret. I cry while I type it, but I'm like, they must know that I feel these things because how dare they? And like, it brings on a lot of heartache. It, I, 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 I know. I'm very honored so, like, that I'm, you feel like that, but you don't want it. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of like the, like the, I'll DM you on like the side and be like, 
hey so here's my and i'll go and i'll do that kind mm-hmm. of thing like i won't do it in front of people and like so i just i get really overwhelmed i get really uncomfortable like i start to sweat and i start mm-hmm. like i get break out hives on my chest oh yeah and I'm like i can't and i can't speak correctly and then mm-hmm. i forget what i'm what point i was trying to make all together so i'm just like never mind we're just gonna do the game we're, we're just gonna <laughs> abort mission yes no i sit there and i'm like fuming and i wait on their response and I'm, in my head i'm already backing up what i'm going to say for what they could potentially throw at me it's a very dangerous game that no one should want to play with me because i will i will out argue you probably for the sake of not even being right but for you to just be a decent human being every time every time and that's why teaching right now is so hurtful to me because of this because it's like there's so many things i want to say that i can't because i can't lose my job i don't want to lose my right job, you know so but right. all this to say thank you for coming on today thank you for sharing this with us um May God be with you during this time. I hope, I hope that we get some news soon that they cancel Star. Just for the sake of y'all being able to catch everyone up. For the sake of us and like, for even though it doesn't affect electives nearly like what it affects y'all. If these kids don't do well, they start pulling them out of our classes. And that's another dangerous game that is a whole other episode too. Um you know right and I, I i told you personally like i like they y'all y'all's classes are their like escape like they need that however many minutes like what 45 50 minutes 45, to 50. just be in that class i mean band was my favorite class of the day mm-hmm. and that i started my day every day in band in high school man you had and a good start when i was in junior high mm-hmm. in junior high it, it was in the middle of my day mm-hmm. and i looked forward to that and like if i can just get to band class i can make it through the rest of the day that kind of thing so like Mm-hmm. I don't, and that's, I don't want them being pulled out of anything. So right. I'm with you. If, if we could just get them caught up and, you know, and if one more thing I would tell, like just parents in general, mm-hmm. read to your kids, read, <laughs> just read, just read, read, good night, moon, every read, night. Read. I don't care. Read to them, read with them, read, read the deck of billboards when you're driving to baseball practice. Okay. Like right. I don't care. Just read something, something for like 30 minutes and call it a day. Right. I mean, I'm doing Spanish right now. I'm trying to learn Spanish, and I do 15 minutes a day. And I, I know I could do more, but it's something, and it's getting better. Right. So imagine something. what they like... do. Imagine what they can do with their first language. Exactly. You know. So, well, guys, we will be back for another episode in two weeks. Thank you if you are still here through all of this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. If you have a teacher friend that you know of, um, send them five bucks Venmo for a coffee or caffeine. Send them a shout out on Facebook. Um, Just text them and don't even ask how they're doing because chances are it's probably not good. Just ask them, hey, like, what can I do for you right now? Smallest thing. Or just tell them that they're great solely for what they do, you know? So, well, thank you, Haley. I appreciate you so much. And guys, we will see you all next time at the podcast. Bye.